Welcome, welcome, welcome along to episode 29 of the Beauty Business Podcast. It's great to have you here and I don't know how you found your way here today, whether you're a long-time listener, in which case, welcome back, or if you just found this episode and it's your first time here. Maybe you found the show on iTunes, on Facebook, on Stitcher, maybe you saw a link on Instagram, or even the old-fashioned way one of your friends told you about it. Either way, this is the show for the health and beauty industry, particularly you independents out there. My name is Adam Chatterley, and I'm here to connect you to the people, tools, tips, and advice to help get your beauty business And by that, I'm including spas, beauty salons, clinics, home-based therapists, solo estheticians, and mobile therapists. I'm here to get you to where you want to be with your business as quickly, as painlessly, and as stress-freenessly as possible. Today, I'm very pleased to welcome back to the show our very first two-time guest. Now, way back when I started the podcast a couple of years ago now, one of the very first episodes I published In fact, if memory serves me correctly, it was the very first full episode was on the subject of social media. And I had on the show with me a salon social media expert, Catherine Treble, and we tackled social media in a slightly different way. Now, regular listeners of the show or watchers of my videos or anything like that will know that I'm not about doing the same old interviews, the same articles and videos that you can see elsewhere on the interweb. So what we did was we polled and questioned salon owners and we asked them what was their, I think it was their top 10 most burning questions about social media at the time. And then we answered them on the show. Now, to this day, it continues to be one of the most downloaded episodes of the podcast. So I thought it was high time we got Catherine back onto the show. Now, things move quickly in the social media world, as you know. So this time around, we decided to ask the question, what's working for salon owners now on social media? And in typical Catherine Treble fashion, she doesn't mix her words and we get right down to business, right down to practicalities, particularly when it comes to the subject of Facebook groups. So if you're struggling with your social media efforts or you've seen a drop off in your engagement or your followers or people coming on board with you or even if you just want to check out some new ideas then keep listening and let's dive straight in. So welcome back to the show Catherine Treble. Thank you very much for having me on again Adam. No problem at all, no problem at all. So you are actually my first official two-time guest on the show which is exciting in itself but can you believe it was over two years ago that we recorded that last episode good grief where does time go (laughs) i know and especially with social media has social media moved on in two years or (laughs) well you've preempted one of my questions there but uh basically since since it's been such a long time since that episode I thought it's about time we had another episode dedicated to social media. We we talk about it quite a lot in in other episodes, just kind of as an aside. But, you know, I really wanted to have another episode dedicated just to this. And I thought, who better to talk to about this than you? So thank you. Thank you very much for being on the show again. Oh, you're welcome. Now, just in case someone has just discovered the show recently, or this is maybe the first time that you've heard of Catherine, would you mind giving us a, a quick potted history of how you came to be one of the beauty industry's most in-demand social media experts. Oh, right. Okay. Long story short, as it were. 
Right. Okay. Um, for 25 years, I was literally one of your audience. I was managing uh, a salon day to day. As a matter of fact, I was more or less a, a serial entrepreneur. Every five years, I, I seemed to change my business. I started off with the hair and beauty salon, then I had four of them. And eventually I ended up with the cosmetic practice and um, all my businesses were based here in Dublin. So the one thing that I really loved to do was um, literally the function of getting bums on seats. To me, that always fascinated me. It was the whole marketing and how you outreach to people and literally get your salon or your practice or whatever it is um, full. So um, I started off with a newsletter using a newfangled thing called email back in the day. <laughs> and it sort of literally grew from there. I used to go backwards and forwards to the US because it was the only place you could actually get up to date marketing, you know, practical type information. And then um, email marketing you know, was social media came along after that. But to me, I would always say email marketing still wins the day if you do it right. Social marketing is very important. But to my mind, social market, social media is where people get the opportunity to know, like and trust you. They get to see your expertise. And then uh, email is still very much part of it. So I talk about email, I know a lot, but to me, it is still part of social media marketing because it all works together. It's not like, you know, we can just do Facebook and that's the only thing that, that we do as part of our business. It's there's a there's more to the strategy than that. So social media, email marketing, they all work really well together. And basically, when I sold my last um cosmetic practice there a couple of years ago I still that's the real piece I missed and I was constantly getting requests from other salon owners and that to help them out with their marketing especially their social media so I just continued to do that and I kind of fell into doing that full time so here we are wonderful thank you very much for that so as you've already kind of mentioned two years since we last spoke about this I'm guessing not too much has changed in the world of social media, right? Wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Adam? I remember two years ago what I was talking about then. And what I was talking about was I was giving people the bad news that only about 15% of uh, the people who had liked their uh, Facebook pages were actually seeing their messages. Wow. Wouldn't we like to return to those days? <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that would be, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd, uh, we'd be quite happy with that these days, wouldn't Absolutely. we? Absolutely. If 1% are, are actually seeing your messages on Facebook, you're doing really well. So it requires a completely different strategy to be on social media these days. What are the sort of two or three kind of biggest things that you think have, have shifted in the last 18 months for, for social media use? For social media use, Facebook has become pay to play. If you want any of your posts to be seen on um, Facebook pages, especially, then really you do need to promote your posts. And what I mean by that is, you know, that boost button or promote button, you see that you can uh, promoting a couple of your posts per week. And I'm talking to Fiverr. And that will actually get people who um, have actually liked your page or a, a, a percentage of them to be able to see your posts and then they can interact with your posts. So um, that's a change. And um, to me, you know, a five or a 10 or a week uh, putting behind posts, once you, you know your posts are the right sort of posts, it's not such a big deal because before social media, when we used to actually uh, 
pay for placed ads in newspapers and that sort of thing, it was far more expensive. So I wouldn't give up on it. No, we've we've kind of got a little bit spoiled with with what we've been able to do with social media and forgotten that you know not that long ago we like you say we had to place adverts in things we had to pick up the phone get printing done get design work done all of these things and and it's actually become easy in one way but difficult in so many other ways to to uh, to sort of get involved these days so so a pretty big shift there and and that what what amazes me is it's probably the only area that certainly in our world that if you're even if you're training in social media was say 12 to 18 months old which would be really recent training in most fields you know you can be so out of date so quickly in in the world of social media can't you absolutely like um the instagram stories for instance they weren't exist they we weren't even talking about those two years ago because they didn't exist but then again facebook being such a huge company as it is it in that two-year period as so at some stage in that two-year period purchased Instagram and now we find that uh, some of the things that are going on on Instagram have a real Facebook feel about them uh, but still keeping the flavor of Instagram and Instagram stories is uh, a rather interesting one. People were playing around with Snapchat for a while and um, if people don't really know what Instagram stories are but you know what Snapchat is it's kind of the same thing only it's on the Instagram platform. So, so, I mean, so one question I did want to ask are, I think previously when we were talking that, you know, the big, the big three platforms were very much Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Would you say they're still the, the big three platforms? Ah, now, isn't that interesting? Do you know what? Twitter is falling out of favour. Now, at the same time, if some of your listeners who are diehard Twitter fans and who, you know, are a real fan of that platform might actually question that. But um, I'm, I'm talking about for the full spectrum, it's dropped in place to maybe fourth or fifth now, where it was number two, stroke number three before. Instagram and Twitter about two years ago were, you know, in, in hot competition. And I think Instagram has actually managed to score a couple of points higher than Twitter. And Twitter's kind of fallen down um, uh, through, you know, that scoring a little bit. Where I put them now would be Facebook page, Facebook groups, and Instagram. And I wouldn't even necessarily put them in that order. To me, where I spend most of my effort on social media is within my own Facebook group. And for my clients as well, that's where I encourage them to actually spend their time as well. So that is interesting there, because I think even a couple of years ago, I'm not even sure if Facebook groups really were, whether they were around. It certainly wasn't something that we were talking about at the time. So can you just explain to anyone who doesn't know, can you explain what a Facebook group is as opposed to your Facebook page and kind of what the, the differences and the benefits are? Yeah, Facebook, it, your Facebook page is literally open to everyone. There's no gate on it or anything like that. So what you post, people can go over and they can see. Your Facebook group, um, now when I'm talking about Facebook group, I'm talking about a closed group, not an open group. You can have uh, within your group, you can set it up with either of the three settings. It can be an open group, it can be a closed group, or it can be a private group. So an open group basically just looks as if it's a Facebook page, slightly differently arranged. And to me, there's no real benefit to that. A closed group is when it starts to get much more interesting. And a closed group means that people can find your group, but they actually have to request to join. 
So your group generally will have a theme in that, um, you know, my particular uh, Facebook group is all about how to get more clients from social media. Well, obviously, what am I going to have a group? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but for a lot of my um, clients in that, what they would have is they would have a group that's just literally for their community and it's got to do with beauty tips within, you know, whatever their geographic location is. It's that sort of um, a group. And the whole thing about Facebook, why they've, it's, it's become so, um, um, Facebook has actually encouraged the use of Facebook groups is because Facebook, the company itself is actually encouraging communities. And really it's, uh, it's much more easy because uh, in a Facebook group to build a community because that's its natural um, use, that it's literally for communities. And there's all sorts of, of advantages as well to having a group because anytime you actually post in a group, you actually, uh, the people who are in the group, most of them will actually get a notification telling them that you've posted in the group. You're not going to get that out of Facebook pages or anywhere else. So that itself is massive. Yeah, this is this is the big thing. Why why there's this shift over to groups, isn't it? Because you're you're getting that reach that you maybe used to get a long time ago on your page that has just kind of disappeared now. So one question I've got, and I think very recently Facebook has come out with this list of of changes or or kind of a a shift in how it's going to be doing things. And it depends when people are actually listening to this. We're actually recording this in uh, at the beginning of March in 2018. But I think beginning of February, they came out with a, a series of changes, which, as you mentioned, basically says that Facebook pages are going to get even lower reach um, without any kind of, of pay to play. So I'm guessing that's Another thing why there's this kind of shift over now to people having more groups rather than than just focusing on the Facebook page. Is that right? Absolutely. There's a lot of noise went on in late January, early February about Facebook changing its algorithm and um, for reach, which means um, how you're if you're posts from your page actually hit your news feed you know that stream of posts that you actually see um, that that was becoming less and less but there what people don't seem to realize there was actually three algorithm changes in that time period and two of them were very positive as per usual you know the way news is <laughs> oh you know what's the worst thing we can actually talk about let's talk about that was that um facebook uh, posts from your page, there, there'd be less and less of them. But the other two changes that algorithm changes that came about were very positive. And again, they're very supportive of groups. One of them is if you um, have a community or you um, talk about news locally, those local posts are going to find um, more favor on your feed. So you're a lot more likely to see local posts which, of course, leads us directly to what are Facebook groups? Generally, Facebook groups are uh, from a geographical location as well. So that obviously means that they would be boosted within the news feed. So whereby your pages mightn't be getting as much reach anymore. Your groups, if you're doing it right, certainly will um, feature a lot more favorably on um, the feeds of the people who um, are in your Facebook group community. Which is obviously great news if you happen to run a local business, such as yes. a salon or spa, which is fantastic. So one quick question before we dive a bit more into the Facebook groups. Is it still worth doing anything with your Facebook page, given that there is this sort of lack of reach and movement over to groups? I would 
definitely maintain a presence on a Facebook page. And one type of post that still is getting a good bit of traction is live videos, as in Facebook Live. So it's absolutely worthwhile once a week, um, forgetting the fact that you're on camera and there's a camera pointing at you and all that kind of thing, like just get over that. And I'm talking about a 30 second to two minute video showing a little tip, giving an opinion on something or whatever, because Facebook favors um, the Facebook live videos and it will continue to send traffic to them even after you've stopped broadcasting. So that's absolutely worthwhile doing. And it and it means that you actually get to show your expertise as well. That's a big thing. Yeah. It's, it, and I think I get asked a lot, you know, what, what should we be showing? And I'm like, kind of anything, anything that kind of, like you say, shows expertise, shows that you know what you're talking about, shows that you're an expert in your area, or even just shows what you actually offer. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen video show rounds of salons that have been fantastic. And it's just kind of getting people familiar with you and what you do, basically, isn't it? Oh, totally. Like, I mean, the simplest video I've ever seen. And there's a particular salon that I know of, and they do this uh, frequently. And it's so easy to do. Instead of taking a picture of, say, the nails that they've just done, they just make a little video of the person's hands actually showing them off. It's as simple as that. And that's a Facebook Live. That's You can put that up as an Instagram story as well. And uh, you get plenty of traction from little things like that. Just catches the eye a little bit more, doesn't it, in a, in a feed than, than just a static picture. Totally. And Facebook um, rewards you by sending more traffic to it. Thank you, Facebook. Okay, so groups then. So this is kind of the, the new hot topic. What should people be doing with their groups? Have you got any kind of top tips for us about about that yes posts absolutely need to be interactive that's vital so what i mean by interactive uh, you can be asking a question you can be answering a question and inviting people to comment but it is important that you're generating a, a conversation in there what you can't really do is set up a group and then just uh, from it's just totally the wrong thing to do to be blasting them with 10% like that. <laughs> that is not what happens in a community. It's like you can think of the scenario of going to, um, say, a party and somebody comes over to you and, you know, you're just minding your own business, having a glass of wine, and they are in your face talking about their business. And what do you want to do? You want to get away <laughs> from that person at the party? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Is that the time? I've, I've got to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So it's not the place to, you know, um, put your promotions. Yes, there is a place for that, but only a very small percentage of your posts in there should be uh, promotional based. They should be interactive and they should be based on what your community likes and wants. Like if you're a nail salon, are you giving nail tips? Are you giving, you know, what is it that you're talking about? But also you're uh, presenting what uh, your posts in a way that creates interaction ask people to show you their pictures uh yeah anything that's like a that great idea. yeah yeah it does it feels kind of different in a group it does. um than than a page you know page is very much it's a weird psychological thing because they're both on facebook and they don't look hugely different to each other but um you know your facebook page has got your banner at the top it's, it's usually got your business name at the top and and it very much feels like you should be pushing the information out to them whereas Again, your group doesn't necessarily have to have your business name at the top. It can be, you know, a group formed around what it is that you do. 
and it immediately feels much more of a place where people can can share and answer other people's questions and yeah exactly like what facebook wants us to be doing and, and building this useful and helpful community yeah exactly and that's the beauty of it and once we get that it's actually a community and it's not somewhere for us to blast people with promotional messages which a lot of people seem to think it is and that's like you know your your group will die if you do that it's just not the place for it. <laughs> so how can we get people into our group in the first place right well the obvious place is to actually let people know your email list know so if you have a little e-newsletter that you send out to people then um absolutely invite them and what i see a lot of people do and it's quite a clever uh, thing is uh, provide a resource that they can only actually access when they're in the group so it could be a little video on how to or whatever and you can say we have this great community going and we've added some great content there for you and we'd love you to come over oh and by the way when you're in you'll be able to access the xyz whatever it is so a little bit of an ethical bribe as it were to get people in and i understand is it is it right that when if you create a group and uh, people have to apply to join to the group you can actually ask a couple of questions of them before they join the group is that right a lot of marketers especially in bigger type groups do that because they would get a lot of people who just want to get into your group because they want to kind of smash them with promotions and that kind of thing so they want to keep those sort of spammers out so they ask questions um one i did have a gate like that on my group in that i wanted to make sure that they were beauty professionals that were coming in so and quite often you know you can check out a person's profile you know when they've applied and sometimes it's not very obvious you can't really tell from the profile if they are a salon professional or not so you can ask those sort of simple questions um it's it's to me it's kind of like an unnecessary step unless you're finding that you for some reason your group is getting rather big and it seems to be attracting people who are only interested in spamming your group then yes i would add a couple of questions at that stage This episode of the Beauty Business Podcast is being brought to you with support today from cabbage.com. Now, you know how sometimes when you're running your small business, you need a bit of help now and then with a quick injection of funds. Well, this requirement often comes out of nowhere and suddenly, and if you're wondering where to get the funding that you need, Cabbage may have the answer. Now, Cabbage helps small business owners access simple and flexible funding right away without all those headaches that come with applying for a traditional loan. Now, you can apply online or from your phone by securely linking to your business information and you can get a quick automatic decision. There's no waiting in line, there's no scanning of documents, there's no filling in complex forms or even tracking down those financial statements that you put somewhere really safe and now you can't remember where you put them. So Cabbage gives you the flexibility to decide what's best for your business. Once you're approved, you choose when to use your funds and how much to take. And what's more, you'll only ever pay for the funds that you actually use. And if you're wondering how big they are, well, Cabbage has supported over 130,000 small businesses with $4 billion in funding already. And if you want to find out more, simply visit cabbage.com forward slash beauty business. There's no cost to apply or to set up your line of credit, so why not? And as a very special bonus, because you're a Beauty Business Podcast listener, when you qualify for funding, you'll get a $50 Visa card free that you can use anywhere on whatever you want. That's cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com forward slash beauty business. Now your line of credit is subject to credit approval, see terms and conditions, 
all cabbage business loans are issued by Celtic Bank, which is a Utah chartered industrial bank and a member of the FDIC. Okay, back to today's episode. Excellent. Okay, so any other things we should be doing with our groups? Any sort of regular, should we be doing kind of regular things through the week? Is it good to kind of have a, I mean, I've seen one group kind of just do a, do kind of a, a Wednesday coffee break and they just kind of, there's no particular uh, theme to it. They just kind of get together, have a coffee virtually and, and chat with people in the local group. Is there anything like that that you find work really well with your clients that that's absolutely fabulous um, i wouldn't do that straight out of the gate though i'd wait until there's um you know uh, some numbers in there because if there's only 10 15 people and you're trying to run something like that and you're the only one sitting there talking to yourself it can be a bit disheartening <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> and if you are going to do something like that i'd announce it and i'd make sure that it's a regular thing if you make those sort of things that works really really well in facebook groups it's sort of like if there's a theme on certain days so it's you know tips tuesday i'm sure you've seen that sort of thing in as well so every tuesday at 12 o'clock you actually um make a post that's a tip encouraging people to interact with you obviously or you know come back with maybe their version of the tip or or whatever but yeah definitely and again it's all about community so anything that will build community um is great i personally make sure that there's a post every single day in my group uh, and to get interaction too and literally it can be quite funny because on the stream people are are literally talking to each other they've abandoned me they're not bothered about what I'm saying <laughs> or, or my contribution anymore but one thing about groups is provide value absolutely provide value and people will just love it and they'll make sure that they stay and they'll also bring their friends excellent so that's I mean a post every day that can be quite you know if you're a busy you know you might work in your own salon on your own you've got a lot of other things going on you know any tips that can help take the sort of pressure away? I'm glad you said that, Adam, because um, posting in groups is actually easier than posting on a page because you can literally have a theme, which I just touched on there a minute ago, but um, I'll just um, um, broaden that out a bit. It's like if you're talking about Tips Tuesday, every Tuesday you make a tip. Okay, it means that you need to go and route out a few different tips. Um, but at the same time, you know on a Tuesday what your theme is going to be and it makes it much easier. And it's the same if you have a theme for every day of, of the week, like I've seen people have Gratitude Friday, um, they start the ball rolling themselves. They say, I'm so delighted that whatever it is, um, is going on in their lives. It can be personal as well, because that's the thing about groups. It just doesn't have to be, you know, about, you know, the business or the topic. All the time. I'm I'm so delighted because um, my daughter is home safe from blah, blah, and whatever it is that's going on in your lives. And what are you grateful for today? And then people tend to chime in. But if you have that every Friday, it's very easy to run that then because it means you've only got five themes going on during the week. And what you can actually do is you can schedule those posts as well so that, you know, that particular post goes out at the same time every Friday and then people interact. So it's so much easier to post in groups if you have a strategy. Yeah, that, that is a big thing. It's, and I, something I've kind of shifted to doing is to having uh, kind of regular posts. And it does, it means it means you can sit down and kind of think of things in advance and, and you're not having to every day think, oh, what have I got to post today? Which can often be, you know, difficult to squeeze in when you've got a million other things to do. So that's that's a really great idea. I love that one. Okay, anything else that you would give us on groups as before 
we move on? Well, one proviso I will say about if you are using a scheduler, especially, you know, for the daily posts as well as don't just set it and forget it. For goodness sake, go in there and react with people and make sure that, you know, you respond to absolutely every post. Or if, if your group is getting quite big, that you bring your team on board and have them um, helping you out with that. Um, because it doesn't always have to be you're the one that's in the group. But I would make time to make sure that I go in twice a day, once for a couple of minutes in the morning and once for a couple of minutes in say late afternoon uh, but do make sure that you're in there interacting absolutely yeah i often find sometimes um it seems a bit weird but you'll put a post up and then as long if you comment on it first if you kind of get that first comment rolling and people see there's a comment on there yeah. that will often suddenly start that um that flow of interaction whereas just a, a post that doesn't have any comments on there can often just be that barrier to the first person joining in so so it feels a bit weird if you've got a smaller group i think but if you're the first person to comment sometimes it can actually then then pull those those things out of other people which is which is great okay yeah, and bring your team in on it. If you do have a team, uh, get them enthused about it and get them in there uh, with you as well because uh, it makes it so much easier then. And they're not just listening to the one voice all the time too. Brilliant. Okay, so I just want to talk touch on Instagram stories for a second because I, for one, kind of knew about Instagram stories, but um, I think I, I was reluctant to do anything with them because as with a lot of these uh, platforms nowadays there's no instruction manual for them and there's no kind of way to to practice with them without actually just kind of doing it so I, I held off from doing Instagram stories for a long time because I just didn't know what was going to happen when I pressed that button um, so if anyone's kind of nervous like that what what would be the first way that you would suggest people ha kind of have a play with these newer features like Instagram stories first thing I suggest people do is they stalk other accounts they actually see what other people are doing because you'll get ideas and I don't mean you have to copy them or anything like that but you you you, you see things you go, oh that's interesting I didn't think of that so do your homework first and then the thing about Instagram stories um you put them up there and they don't last very long they're kind of gone in a while so you know what if you mess up, who cares? It'll be gone soon anyway. And the thing about it is when you're on the Instagram uh, feed as well, Instagram stories, as you can see, are up there on the top. So even if you haven't had any made any posts in a few hours on your Instagram page, your Instagram story uh, will possibly st be still right there in between their eyes, looking at them um, from the, your, their Instagram feed, which is the main reason for doing it. And really, it's only a quick little thing. There's not really too much you can do wrong with it. Yeah. And is, is, is it, it's limited to a very short period of time, isn't it? A, a very short kind of capture of, of video, isn't it? So you, you don't even have the pressure to sort of go on for a long time. You've actually, in fact, for someone like me who can just carry on talking for hours, the, the pressure becomes in, in, in squeezing it, squeezing whatever I'm trying to show into a short enough period of time. But I like that. It's the, the 24 hours and then it's gone. So like you say, even if you do something and it's a bit of a train wreck, often that can get commented on more than anything else which is actually quite interesting but um but yeah it's, that's it's, social media for you <laughs> yeah just as long as no one's recording the screen while they're doing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah people quite often look at oh gosh what's the worst possible thing uh, that can happen you know what you can overthink these things it's only a short little video that you're going to make for five seconds and <laughs> you know how bad can you get that wrong you know I know I did I did once see uh, a post somewhere I think that actually that actually promoted their worst uh, Instagram story where like 
I think they forgot what they were talking about or they went off in a tangent or they dropped their camera or something like that. And guess what? Suddenly that became the most watched uh, story that they actually had. So Doesn't so, surprise um, me at all. <laughs> seen that happen before. So absolutely fantastic. I think... I think that's a great place to wrap up, actually, for today, unless there's anything else that you uh, want to bring us, Catherine? No, not at all. If anybody has any um, questions, I can um, give you the link to my group if you want, and uh, they can you know, ask me directly. Absolutely. We've been talking about groups, so go ahead. Absolutely. Okay. Um, my group is, if you look for groups forward slash support your brilliance, and um, you'll find me there. Excellent. Now... I actually, I encourage people to go and do that because I can't stress enough that Catherine really does give some of the best straightforward, actionable and, and relevant advice on getting the most out of your social media, specifically tailored to our industry. So so if people do want to find out more, do go along there and uh, join that group. I'll put a, a link to that in the show notes as well. So if anyone's driving and they can't write that down, just head over to the show notes on beautybusinesspodcast.com, find this episode and you'll find everything that you need on there. So Catherine, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show again. Thank you so much for, for bringing, as you always do, great information with you. Um, I think there's I think there's a possibly a good chance we may be having you as our first three-time guest on the show at some point as well. So, oh, that's a problem at all. Is there any other websites? Is there any social media, other places other than your groups that people can track you down? Um, on social media? Yeah. I'm uh, probably the best place is the group because that's where I'm most active. And I'm on Instagram at Support Your Brilliance as well, where I provide daily tips as well. Excellent. Well, Thank you again for giving us your, your very precious time today. I wish you all the best and I hopefully look forward to speaking to you again soon. Speak to you again soon, Adam. Always great Thanks to talk lot, to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Pretty cool, huh? Now, quite a short episode as it happens, but we covered a lot. We gave you some great things to think about and take away. Social media information can be a bit of a fire hose at times, with it all coming at you from every conceivable communications channel, and it's easy to get overwhelmed. So this episode suited that short, sharp approach, I think. How about you? Remember that all the links we mentioned in the show today can be found on the show notes pages, which you can find at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 29. And remember, we're going to be extending each show with a Facebook Live to carry on the conversation or the discussion. We'll dive a little bit deeper and we'll answer any questions you have related to the episode itself or, in this case, to social media in today's world. Now, I'm not sure if Catherine will be able to join me live on the Facebook Live because we're still trying to work that out and you know coordinate our times and everything like that. But if you send me any follow-up questions that you have, I'll make sure I run them past Catherine first and get her feedback ahead of the Facebook Live itself, which will be on Wednesday, the 2nd of May, 2018. If you want to do that, if you want to send me some advanced questions, just head to the show notes page and leave a comment there. Once again, those show notes are at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 29. Now, to take part in the Facebook Live yourself, then you'll need to come and join me on Facebook in the Beauty Business Hackers group. Just search for Beauty Business Hackers on Facebook or again, check out the show notes page or the podcast episode description for all the links you need. Now, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to me and I hope you found value in today's show. If you're still listening by this point, then I'm guessing you have. Now, today's podcast review comes from an iTunes listener over in them, their United States of America. I'm not sure of your name, but user number LJ312 says... 
I've been listening to Adam's podcast for a few months now and I've gained so much from them. I highly recommend it if you want to stay in the right mindset or up your game. So thank you, LJ312. I'm truly glad I've been able to help you out and I hope to keep doing so. Now, it's honestly so rewarding knowing that my weekly musings here on the podcast are really helping people with their beauty businesses. So if you do find value in today's episode, then can I ask you a really quick favour? Please take about a minute to pop over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review for the show. It's easy peasy lemon squeezy and you can do this on your phone, on your iPad, on your computer and it really helps me to know that I'm delivering the information that you want and that you find useful right now. Plus, I kind of help it thinks other beauty business owners find the show, realize that it's worth a bit of time, worth a listen and therefore they can learn how to build the healthy beauty business that they dream of too. And you never know, you might just get your review read out on a future episode. So keep it clean if you don't mind. Now remember, you can find all the links we mentioned in the show today at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 29. Everything you need is there. Now next week, we're talking about salon design and how it can help boost your profits by making your clients visit you more often. But I'm willing to bet you've never heard it talked about from this particular point of view before. Hmm, intriguing. So until next time, it's bye from me for now.